Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome again to our script time of Scripture and prayer. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone of Priests for Life, and we invite you to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. Let's delve into the Word of God, and let's remember one another's needs at the same time. We put ourselves in His presence in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to you, Lord God, today, repenting of our sins and eager to follow you and serve you throughout this new day. We ask you to enable us to spread the gospel of life and to defend the gift of life. We ask you to enable us to lead by witness and by word our brothers and sisters into that path of life and salvation. There is a way of life and a way of death. Great is the difference between the two. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us vigilant in this life to stay on the right side of the many divisions that we encounter, the many forks in the road. May we always choose the way of life. Keep us faithful to it. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of Joel. Gird yourselves and weep, O priests. Wail, O ministers of the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God. The house of your God is deprived of offering and libation. Proclaim a fast. Call an assembly. Gather the elders, all who dwell in the land, into the house of the Lord your God, and cry to the Lord. Alas the day, for near is the day of the Lord, and it comes as ruin from the Almighty. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all who dwell in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Yes, it is near, a day of darkness and of gloom, a day of clouds and somberness, like dawn spreading over the mountains, a people numerous and mighty. Their like has not been from of old, nor will it be after them, even to the years of distant generations." The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, the prophet Joel sounds an alarm. Scripture talks, Jesus talked often about staying awake, being vigilant. And that's what the word means from its original Latin to watch to, with wide open eyes because something is about to happen that you don't know exactly when, but you know it will. The bridegroom coming and the doors of the wedding hall then are shut and those who were not prepared can't get in. The thief comes in the night if the master of the house, Jesus says, knew when he was coming, he would guard his possessions. The Lord is returning. We do not know the day or the hour, but he's coming back. Brothers and sisters, the day of the Lord is coming. Now, the day of the Lord has a particular meaning in Scripture. It's a day when God shakes things up 
to rid the world of its evil and to usher in His kingdom of truth and goodness and life. So it's a, it's a dividing line. It is a turning upside down of things that have to be turned upside down in order to eradicate evil and initiate good. It's a dramatic day. It's a day, it's a fearful day. It says here, darkness, gloom, and clouds, and yet it is ushering in a kingdom of light and of grace. It's a dividing line in human history. The day of the Lord, God intervening in history. Now, in our Christian understanding of salvation, God has initiated His kingdom into the world. And then Christ, of course, will come again to bring that kingdom to its fullness. But He has broken into our history by becoming one of us, dying on the cross and rising again. You remember on the day of both of Jesus' death and of His resurrection, the Gospels tell us there was an earthquake. Symbol, again, of God shaking things up, literally and spiritually, to bring about the reign of His kingdom, to break the power of sin and to bring in His grace and mercy. We have to be ready for the Lord to come. He calls us to be ready because when He comes, He's coming for us. He's not coming against us. When He comes, He's coming for us. But we need to have that disposition of heart that we want to welcome Him. He wants to come to those who are looking eagerly for His coming and wanting to welcome His grace into their hearts, those that are ready to be changed. So often we hear ministers of the gospel saying, Come, come, everybody, everybody, everybody is welcome. And yet they're not telling them how to be be prepared to welcome the Lord. Everybody's welcome, but is the Lord welcome into our hearts? Because when He comes, He changes us. When He comes, He's looking for a heart that's open and ready to be changed. And that's why the preparation for this day of the Lord is repentance. Part of this reading we use at the beginning of Lent, Joel says, proclaim a fast. In other words, instead of just taking in the things we usually take in, food or other kinds of pleasures, We've got to prepare ourselves to welcome the greatest good, which is God Himself and His salvation. And therefore, we deprive ourselves for a season of the things we normally take in in order to nurture our hunger for the Lord. Proclaim a fast. We've got to be more attached to the one who is coming than to the things that are already here. That's why we fast. Focus, refocus our desires on Him. Proclaim a fast, call an assembly, sound the alarm, blow the trumpet. Of what? Of repentance. Because the other part of this reading, and we hear the full thing on Ash Wednesday, is let the ministers weep at the altar and say, well, you see it at the beginning, wail, O ministers of the altar, spend the night in sackcloth, because they're saying, Lord, Have mercy on your people. Do not be angry with us because of our sins. 
The judgment of the Lord comes when the day of the Lord comes. That's why if we have hearts that are open and eager for Him to come and transform us and we've repented of our sins, we have nothing to fear. But if we're still attached to our sins, and if we're still trying to justify ourselves in offending God, well then His coming should scare us because that's going to be the judgment that will expose our evil deeds and demand an accounting from us for those deeds. We are to set up this firewall against against sin because that is what will separate us from the Lord even when He comes. His coming then will become a will become a a, a judgment against us. We want to set up this firewall against sin so that by repenting day after day against the onslaught of sin and temptation, we'll be ready for the Lord who comes. I remember one time in um, the house where I I grew up, there was a fire in in the neighboring house. I remember it was an early morning fire. I remember waking up that morning we heard the, the sirens, and, and I looked out the window. I'll never forget that moment, looking out the window and seeing the window right across uh, from, from, from us with flames coming out of it. It was, a, it was quite, a, quite an experience to see that. Went outside, of course, the firemen were there putting out the, uh, the fire, and uh, we saw the sparks flying, and they said, Oh, don't worry, these are not going to... These are not going to uh, affect your house. He said, if we have to, if it were to get out of control, we'd put up a firewall. He said, you wouldn't even know that it was happening. A firewall. So strong, so effective at blocking that fire, you wouldn't even know that it was happening. Brothers and sisters, that's what we have to put up against sin. Not only our personal sins, we're talking about, the, the, notice, this is communal. Joel is not saying, oh, individually, each of you go before the Lord and, 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 and wail and weep for your sins. Yes, we need to do that. But he says, call an assembly. Because sin, even though it is personal, and they remi- we're reminded by the, the I that's right in the middle of the word, right? Sin is uh, something I do. I can't blame somebody else for doing it for me. Now, somebody else might be leading me into sin or giving me bad example, but that's not a sin for me. The sin for me is what I do. But nevertheless, it's not just individual. Sin accumulates in a community. It has an impact on that community. It drags the whole world down. When you sin, you have dragged the whole world down with you a little bit further away from God. Just like when you practice an act of virtue, you are drawing the whole community with you up towards God. The communion of saints, we share. We don't just share the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the environment of the earth. We share a spiritual environment. We share spiritual goods within the body of Christ, and we impact each other when we sin. So he says, call an assembly, gather, gather the elders and all who dwell in the land. Why? That's a sign of repentance from sin. Because sin scatters people. As Paul says, I, 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 woe is me, I am sinning, I know what is right, I'm doing what is wrong, I'm divided within myself, he says in the letter to the Romans. What divides us from God 
divides us also from one another. Sin scatters the human community. It introduces dissension and division and enmity and animosity and quarrels and fighting and factions. Paul warns against such things. The grace of God, however, and virtue, love and self-giving, pouring ourselves out for one another like God pours himself out among the three persons of the Trinity, is what brings people together. We are united in our embrace of and obedience to that word of God which is spoken, that drinking of the Spirit which has been bestowed, and this brings us together. We repent of sin, we come closer to God, and therefore to one another. And that's why he says, gather the assembly and repent of sin. Sin scatters us, divides us, isolates people one from another. And that's why people should be very careful when they think and talk about hell. Some people try to joke around. Oh yeah, I might be going to hell, but at least my friends will be there with me. No, they won't. Because if they're there... They and you are going to be completely isolated from one another. Hell is is isolation. Isolation from God and from everybody else. Hell is a very lonely place. You think there's any benefit in having companionship. All that good, any good that comes from that, any consolation that comes from that is gone in hell. It's not there. Don't fool yourselves. The day of the Lord is near cleanses us of sin, brings us together in grace. Let's prepare for it by urgent repentance now. Let's put up that firewall so that the flames of temptation, the destructiveness of sin, does not come near us anymore. Let's pray. We do repent, Lord God. As a culture, we repent of sins against life. We see the effects of many sins over a long period of time nowhere more destructively than in the sin of abortion. Lord God, it has devastated relationships all around us. It has scattered the bones and blood of unborn children across our land. It has brought despair of every kind. Lord, gather our nation together and let us repent once and for all, of the sin of child killing and of all the deceptive lies that have led us down that path. Bless, Lord God, the people in Ohio who are voting on an amendment to their constitution which would invent and impose a fake right, a right that does not exist, a right to kill children. Lord, save us from that. Bless us now as we go forward in your name today. Bless all the intentions, answer all the prayers of all gathered here as we pray now as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, friends, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Get others to join in our online community that we can continue to delve into God's Word. Connect with me on social media, if you would, at Fr Frank Pavone. And do donate to our ministry, too. You can call us at 321-500-1000. 321-500-1000. Or you can donate online, ProLifeGift.org. That's ProLifeGift.org. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.